I'm Bree. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Bree. Hi, guys. Um, I'm really grateful to be here. I'm really grateful to be asked to speak. Um, oh, it's been a long journey for me in Alcoholics Anonymous. And one thing I want to like express loudly is that AA has never stopped working. My higher power, I choose to call God, never stopped working. I just have been that person that has been in chapter three and five for the past um, 15 years of my life, but I can say, uh, standing up here today, I have a sobriety date of November 4th, 2021. Um, and for that, I'm grateful because God is doing for me what I definitely could not do for myself. Um, a little bit about me, not that obviously childhood is why I'm an alcoholic. I, I'm an alcoholic because I like the effects it produces. Um, but I grew up in a very chaotic household. My dad is an active alcoholic and God bless him. He's 76 and still drinks like a fish. Um, and my mom is an enabler. And just early on as a kid, like I had a lot of a chaos growing up. And um, my first form of escape, because I, I, I relate my alcoholism and drug addiction to like this needing to escape um, was like, by being the class clown and being the class comedian and constantly getting in trouble in school. And like for a moment when people would laugh at me, that like hole within me, like closed a little bit. I love to make people laugh. Um, and I'm grateful for my sponsor today because she was the one who I first was introduced to the bedevilments on page 52. I didn't know why when I wasn't making people laugh, like I felt like I was just this prey to depression and misery and just uselessness and, and irritable and discontent, you know, and, and now in hindsight, thinking about it, like to me, that is what makes me define clearly that I am an alcoholic because that's how I was even before substance abuse, even before everything. Um, and so when I was in ninth grade, I like accidentally took a bunch of pills and um, I was prescribed Adderall and I switched, switched different high schools and everyone thought it would be okay and I would be okay changing the location, adding a prescription. Um, but no, that just ignited my disease even more. I obviously, like all of us in the room, um, loved any type of thing to get me out of my head and feel different for five or 10 minutes or to shut this thing off. Um, but of course, you know, that wasn't enough. The Adderall was cool, but, um, and somehow I landed on the, the honor roll and got into Cal State Fullerton. I think stimulants help with that. Um, and so I landed up at Cal State Fullerton and, and I was doing pretty good for the first, you know, half of the year. Um, and towards my second year, I, I hit another like deep, deep depression and um, started experimenting with opiates. Um, and that took me downhill really quick. Um, within like one month, I had dropped out of college, was living in my car. Um, and luckily that was one situation. And, and then I got arrested and that led me to my first treatment experience and like was introduced to AA. Um, and when I came into AA, like, I, I mean, it made me aware that people were confident with themselves and like talking about AA and NA and like their addiction, like loudly, like it was very hush hush in my family and like seeing people happy. And like, I didn't understand how to do that. Like, I did not understand, let alone how to live life, but like how to be successful and happy with it. And when I started engaging into the AA book, it said like, I could live life successfully and like that's all I needed to get going into this fellowship and this program and these steps and like 
it was the, the most beautiful adventure I've ever been on in which like I, I was starting to transform. I was starting to get the blessings that you guys speak of, like peace of mind and like being able to handle uh, problems which used to baffle me. I could handle them. Like a energy bill wasn't a big deal. And like, you know, getting a job wasn't like a big deal or flat tire, like heroin was no longer my solution. Um, however, like I said, you know, my sobriety dates 2021. And so I got about six years and towards the end, it was just based off the fellowship. Like I stopped doing my medicine. Um, and I thought like maybe, you know, dropping out of college was going to be a bottom of mine, but, um, right before this, uh, relapse, I had, you know, had a kid, um, I was trying to do everything except like what works, which is the steps. I stopped calling my sponsor. I had a baby. Life looked great um, until that one fatal day where I decided to use opiates again because I deserved it or the delusion. I'm a delusional person that it's going to be different or no one's going to know or I deserve this, whatever the reason being. I didn't have a spiritual defense and I overdosed and lost my daughter. Um, and that was like a very humbling experience. And like for me, um, Humbling in the sense that like I used to judge moms that would walk through that. I've worked with moms that have walked through that. And here it is. It's me lying on my lap, you know, and I swore that night when I tucked her in bed that everything was going to be OK. And I was just going to take a little break. And it was just supposed to be like a one night thing uh, turned into an 18 month case. Um, you know, once again, I came back to AA humbly. You guys accepted me. The only person that was really judging me was myself. Like my sponsor picked me up and loved on me. Um, and the program, like, it's so crazy how we all have different, like, I don't know if people like to call them bottoms, but different situations. And yet like someone can always relate or, you know, like you're greeted with love. Like here, my case was like CPS, but some, some other people might have DUIs, but like there's a fellowship in which like someone can look you in the eyes and say like, I've been there or like no judgment. And I needed that. Cause I was like torn up inside even today. Sometimes I am still, um, but I fought, you know, I, I, the next day I woke up, I was done using dope. Um, and I, and immediately started to get into action, came back to AA, um, got a sponsor that told me it wasn't like, I, at first I was like blaming, you know, it's the father of the child. It's my work. It's this, it's that. And, and I finally, she softly reminded me, you know, that I'm the problem right? Like I was the one that chose to pick up and I'm the one that's choosing not to treat my alcoholism. So 18 months go by, I close the case. I get my daughter back. My husband comes out of uh, the lovely program team challenge and, and life is good again. And I got the job and all the external rewards. And, and, and every time I burn my life down, there's no fact, like I'll build it up. It's just a matter of how long will it last. Um, so 18 months rolled around, everything's looking great. And then comes that fatal thought again, like it's going to be different this time. Like no one's going to know the same, the same get down that has happened every, every time, you know, and obviously my mom is a, norm, a normie, whatever that means. And uh, this last time I, I relapsed, it was brief, but she's like, why do you keep doing this? Like you, you, you lost your daughter, you got her back and, and you relapsed again. And I had no explanation. And I think that's like the emptiness and loneliness. Like when you're, you're looking and your life is so great and you still continue to use, you know, um, you know, but what it's like today, luckily for me, that was like 15 months ago, um, that that happened. It was a short relapse. I'm not minimizing it, I, but I didn't lose my daughter. I didn't lose my home. I didn't lose my job. Um, but once again, I came back to AA, right. And I had a newfound, once again, respect for the disease of addiction and alcoholism and like 
every morning I read, you know, on page 60, it says that A, we are al uh, alcoholic and our lives are unmanageable, B, that no power can re re relieve us, and C, that God couldn't win if he were sought. And for me, like, I was not able to, to be honest with myself. Like, I was not able to hit that A and B of, like, my life is unmanageable. I would, like, give God a part of my life, but hold on to the rest. Or for, for part B of like, uh, no human aid can do it. Like I, my daughter, she can keep me sober. It couldn't my job. She it could keep me sober. It couldn't, you know? And for me, like, I really drive home today, like that, that last part, like seeking God and, and everything, you know, and I have a sponsor who's like really big on AA and the history. And it's like completely, uh, different for me. Cause I still sometimes like regrettably like come to speak or like work my steps or like call my sponsees, but like my life depends on it, you know, and I, and I have a respect for a sponsor like that. And, and, and I'm working through the steps. And like I said, the biggest awakening for me was seeing those bedevilments and like understanding that, like, I, I, I think I'm I, understanding that, like, I, I am a prey to misery and depression and all those things without alcohol or drugs, you know, and like, I've worked the steps thoroughly with her. And, and a, another thing that like, I failed to do in the past was like, be of service. Like I would get what I needed. And like, then I would allow, I would rely on the fellowship to keep me sober. I do my steps fellowship, but I wouldn't sponsor. Like, and now I'm thinking in hindsight, how effing selfish is that? Like my sponsor always answers my phone calls, always is going to meet up with me. And like, I have a gift while desperate people are dying out there. And like, who am I not just to be of service, you know? So I, I, I try to go on panels. I, I picked up, um, one from H and I, I, what, and what is it like today? Like one of the things I drive home is like, when I wake up, I'm like, Hey, how can I be a part of life today? And like, instead of just take, you know, and that really has shifted my, my perspective. I, I love how transformative this program is. I love how I'm given the opportunity time and time again to come back and, 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 you know, try to give freely what was given to me each and every time I come back, you know? And so I hope that um, if you're new, you don't need to go out. I also hope that by hearing my story, people with time don't discredit my journey. I, I, you know, I, all I have is today. And I, and I know I've worked the program to the best of my ability today. Um, and just like work your steps. It's such a beautiful process. Even the four steps. So many people are scared of it. Like I'm stoked about the four step. Like I've done it. This is what's happened. Like, let's just get on with my life, you know? And like, even in the fourth step, how it talks about like our fears and like what we look like in a healed state. Like that was so, I, I, I've never envisioned myself as a healed person. And like, you're sitting with someone across from someone who's, you're sharing your deepest, dark secrets with. And she's like, okay, how do we get you to a healed state? Like, how beautiful is that? You know, and then being of service. And like today I can be a father to my dad, even though he, he um, is sometimes a, a lot, but like, I'm humbled because that was me and he didn't give up on me when I was living in my car in Whittier, right? And like, when I go to work, it's not some ego show. It's not like, oh, can I be the best person in the room? Because I've done that, I get loaded, right? To me, it's like, how can I contribute? And with my daughter, how can I be a mom? You know, and, and the only way I was able to get rid of that shame of losing her is like to show up sober every day, consistently every day in order to, you know, make up for that, so. I think it's been 10 minutes, has it? It has, oh yeah? Okay, well, thank you so much, that's it, thank you.